Good morning. It is Tuesday, October 11th, and trending this hour, Tulsi Gabbard, the former Hawaii representative and presidential candidate, has announced her resignation from the Democratic Party. She accused the organization of being under the control of an elitist cabal. Also trending, Hawaii. A new list has come out naming the seven most expensive states to retire in in 22, and Hawaii was number one. They say it takes $2 million to retire comfortably in Hawaii. The Hawaii is followed by California, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Vermont, and Rhode Island. And finally trending this hour, the real name of Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. He's always had a real name, and now... They're reminding fans what it is. Oh. Any idea what Shaggy's real name is? Steve. <laughs> no, that's not it. Uh, he's always had this name. However, they uh, didn't quite decide it was official when they first started making the cartoon. But now it is definitely official. Shaggy's real name is Norville Rogers. Oh, well, yeah, I would have never guessed Norville Rogers, yeah. so I'm glad that you... That wouldn't uh, have been on the list. I'm glad you told it's me that. It's not close to Steve. It is seven minutes after 11. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and last night on uh, PBS, there was a debate. It was the debate of the Secretary of State race, and Jeff Moore was there from the Libertarian Party. Destiny Wells was there from the Democratic Party, but there was somebody missing. Yes, the Republican, Diego Morales, the old cowardly lion, was once again living up to his nickname, and he was out uh, playing at a Lincoln Day somewhere, securing Republican votes, because, mm -hmm. well, nothing says my campaign is in great shape, like, less than 30 days out of the election, begging hardcore Republicans to vote for you as the Republican nominee, and completely gave a giant middle finger to 7 million-plus Indiana residents and no showed the debate and so that became you know i was talking with different people from across the political spectrum last night and that became the story of the debate look it's unless you are just such an unqualified goof it's almost impossible to screw up a secretary of state debate Hell, destiny well spent half her time saying how great the current system was mm -hmm. All you'd have to say is Diego is, well, guess we're done here. Mm -hmm. that, that it, it, it's, it's not a race for governor. It's not, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm going to be asked. I could be hit with anything. I've got to know the Indiana codes inside and out, you know, whatever. There's four things the Secretary of State does. There are four very important things, mm -hmm. but there's only four areas. And of the questions asked, and it wasn't a radical leftist. It was uh, Laura Wilson was the the moderator last night. She's on Hammer and Nigel. She, you know, she's a very fair person. Uh, nobody would look at that and go, "Wow, they you know they didn't pick you know Pete Buttigieg to moderate the the debate." There was nothing that Diego would look at or a, 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 an objective person would look at and go, "There's really a reason he shouldn't have been there. He wasn't there because he's so awful." And he knows he's a train wreck and he's unqualified for the position. Remember the like the famous family guy line where it's like the opening statement, you take the good, you take the bad, mm -hmm. you take the rest, and there you have my opening statement, sit ubu, sit, good mm -hmm. dog. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it would have been if Diego was up there. He has no idea what he's doing. He's unqualified for the office. He just wants to be in public office. He's a train wreck. And he knew 
if he got on stage, he would be completely exposed for what a colossal train wreck he actually is. And instead of owning up and, you know, doing some research and doing some homework, I mean, Casey, it's an hour. Mm-hmm. It's an hour, and with three people on the stage and each, each person getting a minute, there's no more. <laughs> well, and then the moderator taking right? up some of that time there's as well. There's no more than, like, maybe with three people and the back and forth and the rebuttals and the moderator, there's no more than 10 questions you'd get asked. Mm-hmm. And half the questions, you got two people talking before you. So you could, in your head, just steal one of their responses. <laughs> it's so pathetic. And if you are an undecided voter, look, I get that there are a handful of people, more than a handful, there's, you know, 35, 40% of the populace who no matter what garbage the Republicans put up, you're going to kneel at that altar and you're going to vote for that person. Mm -hmm. But if you are a person with any sort of independent thought, Jeff Maher, the libertarian, was on stage last night and presented a great alternative. You don't have to vote for Destiny Wells. You don't have to help Destiny Wells. Jeff Moore, the libertarian, is a hundred times more competent than Diego Morales. And I would like to think that we are reaching a point, based on how well Rainwater did in 2020, that we have enough free-thinking people that are saying enough of garbage candidates from Republicans, Mm -hmm. enough of these cowardly candidates from Republicans, I, as a citizen of this state, as a taxpayer in this state, deserve better than some guy who has so little confidence in himself and so little respect for me that he's not even going to show up. Do you think that's what he was afraid of, the side-by-side comparison? If all three of them were standing there right in a row, you would be able to compare and contrast the differences between them. I think there's two things that are going on with Diego. I think Diego knows, as do most people, even a bunch of people that are supporting Diego, that he is not cut out for this job. He is, he does not have the, he does not have the ability to stand tall where we need people to stand tall. And he has no idea what he's doing anyway. And he will put a bunch of people around him. And when you see people being put around someone that is orchestrated and done oftentimes by the establishment. Okay, now you said putting people around them. Uh, Mike Pence still going to this fundraiser. Isn't that supposed to happen tomorrow? tomorrow? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, Pence uh, Pence clearly feels that it would look worse for him to not go than go. Maybe he doesn't believe any of this stuff. Here's the thing, though. Mike Pence, you can take, take Abdul, the Abdul piece out of the equation. Okay. Here's what we know definitively about Diego Morales. Like, let's just, because people are trying to, Robin Abdul are destroying Diego's campaign. It's laughable that a radio broadcaster and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Abdul's a radio broadcaster too, but he's primarily known for, you know, his blogging and stuff he does on the internet, mm-hmm. that, that they're destroying, single-handedly, two guys are destroying someone's campaign. We're reporting on the facts. The facts about Diego are so egregious that people are making up their own mind. Radio broadcasters and bloggers or website operators do not destroy campaigns. Candidates destroy campaigns. Here's what we know about Diego. There's no dispute on these things with Diego. One, he was fired from the office by Todd Rokita's, it wasn't Todd Rokita directly, but high-ranking Todd Rokita officials on Todd Rokita letterhead. Period, end of story. The paperwork is definitive. They've never disputed it's real. That happened. He then got, for some reason, got a second chance, which you're not supposed to get if you've been fired. And Charlie White, who is the next Secretary of State, who we don't even need to do a long expose on how unqualified Charlie White was and what happened to him. He wasn't there very long. Diego was so bad that even Charlie White was like, dude, you're about to get fired, and Diego quit. We know these two things to be absolute facts. We know 
Diego has serious holes in his military record that he made an issue. We didn't make him an issue. So he you're made saying him an that issue. wouldn't have been a problem until he used that in his campaign? Of act. course. Yeah. He's he's touted. Vote for me. I'm a veteran. I've served my country. Okay. Well, let's find out the details of this. Yeah. Well, we can't have that. There are serious holes in Diego Morales's military record that he has made a central point of the campaign. Fact. Not us making that up. We know he's shown how he will use money when he used four almost forty four thousand dollars of campaign donations. To buy a new car. To buy a new car. Which he's now driving around the state and not going to debates in. And and last but certainly not least, nobody can tell you what Diego does for a job. I'm not talking about what's on a form at the Secretary of State's office. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about what does the guy do for a job, how does he earn a living, and why does it appear he's never at the job? If you owned a business... And I can say this as someone who has owned a business. Mm -hmm. You could not basically disappear from that business for two years and that business be run effectively. What does he do? How does he earn a living? Not what the form on the Secretary of State's office. What does he do every day to earn a job? These are not things that Abdul has made up. These are not things I have made up. These are not things anybody has made up. Diego will not answer these questions. And the fact that he will not stand on a debate stage and answer these questions Mm -hmm. or any question related to the office, how could you vote for that person in good conscience? Well, and Micah said something really interesting. He said he might slip up. Yes, he did. And and I asked Micah about, like, you don't slip up when you're telling the truth. And and we've talked about, and and I want to play this Jeff Moore audio before we go to a break, but Mm -hmm. we've talked about the most important thing people are going to vote on in the Secretary of State's race is who is the person who is most likely to stand up to the next Republican governor or likely Republican governor when they decide to illegally shut the state down again. Because the Secretary of State plays a gigantic role in that because they control business licensure. And if businesses do not have to fear having their business licensure pulled, it makes it much easier to stand up to these tyrants and go, I ain't doing that. My business is staying open. Do you want to hand that over to a guy who thinks so little of you that, one, he's already flip-flopped on the core of his campaign issue because the establishment told him we're not doing that, Mm -hmm. which is the early voting. Are you going to trust that to a guy who won't stand on a debate stage, won't answer any questions, and has all of these things in his past that are totally unanswered and he won't answer? Is that who you want to trust? Yeah, it it, it makes you question. Jeff Moore closed the debate, the Libertarian closed the debate with the most perfect, perfect, perfect close in the history of any debate or any. It, not even just the most perfect close. It's the most perfect line from any debate in the history of debates in the state of Indiana. Listen. But let's address the 800-pound gorilla not in the room tonight. Healthy democracies need healthy debate. And candidates who refuse to debate are assuming that they've won the election and they don't even need to listen to you. There is a candidate who refused to debate in 2000, 2004, 2012, 2018. His name is Vladimir Putin. And for candidates who refuse to debate, the company you keep is Vladimir Putin. If you are a person who is sick of this Republican crap, if you're sick of the tax increases, if you're sick of the growth of government, if you're sick of them not listening to you, if you're sick of them catering on a radical leftist education agenda, you have an opportunity in this race 
to send a message that will reverberate for years and years and years and years by the libertarians getting that primary ballot access. It's the Secretary of State's race. Diego Morales is an awful candidate. He's a terrible, awful candidate. You don't have to kneel at the Republican altar anymore, and Diego reminded you of that last night. Don't have to vote for him just because there's an R next to his name. Vote for the best person. Stand up for yourself for once and stand up for the rest of us. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He was twisting the night away, out partying till 1 a.m. He was out with rappers French Montana and also Ja Rule. I was, I admit it. No, not you, the mayor of New York City. Yeah, and this was just hours before he declared a state of emergency (laughs) in New York City over the migrant Ah, crisis. Because nothing says imminent emergency like hanging out with Ja Rule. Mm -hmm. He's going to go twist the night away with a rapper and then and then say, oh, we're having an emergency. He said that the uh, migrant influx, influx has cost the city over a billion dollars this year. So far. Boy, what uh, it's amazing when it costs them money, mm-hmm. how concerned they are about it. Yeah. And yet when it was people pouring across the southern border and they were confined to Texas and Arizona, well, we're a sanctuary city. Yeah, he was a cheerleader for it before, wasn't he? Isn't it? Isn't it the? Th- it, you know what this is? It's the equivalent of... The guy who says to every person, like, if you ever need any help moving, just, just <laughs> and then let you me know. call them. Yeah. And, it, and they're busy. Because what are the odds your friend is going to move and then somebody moves? Oh, man, I'm, I'd love to help you. I'm just. I, I, I got a thing. Yeah. I got I, a, I, this got is, a, that's got what the thing. That's what these mayors are, are mm-hmm. the guy who for years and years and years said, yeah, whenever you need help moving, just let me know and I'll, I'll be happy to, you know, help you with that. And then you call them out on it and. They're nowhere to be found, and that's what these mayors are because they have had an opportunity to be the sanctuary city mm-hmm. that they claim to want to be, but when the rubber met the road and they had the opportunity to put up or shut up, here they are whining yeah. about getting what they claim to want. One in five of the 61,000 people in New York City shelters right now are migrants, and uh, we've got some audio of him, don't we? Let's, uh, let's take a listen. This is the mayor of New York. There was never an agreement for El Paso to send asylum seekers here. We've never told them, please send us your asylum seekers. That has never happened. We would never do that. We have our own issue here. And we have really, when you look at it, as has been reported, New York State has uh, some of the largest numbers of asylum seekers. We are doing our share. And so there was never that agreement. And uh, El Paso, the city manager, the mayor, uh, they should uh, stop sending buses to New York. New York cannot accommodate the number of buses that we have uh, coming here to our city. I think that uh, it's, it's crucial for us to get that accurate because we don't want to send a signal out there that New York is telling any municipality that we could accommodate the influx of asylum seekers uh, that we uh, that we're talking that we we are talking about. So, uh, where should we put them? What city should we put them in, Mr. Yeah. Mayor? Where should they go? I mean, what was the... And I would ask him, what is the limit on illegals you were willing to accept as a sanctuary mm-hmm. city? Mm-hmm. He's so tender, I bet he wants to cuddle. I mean, how do you think people in the border towns feel? Right. And 
I'm also not quite sure who he was talking to. Is he talking to the migrants themselves? Is he trying to put a message out there? Don't come here. You're not invited. You're not welcome. Because he really just needs to take that message to Ron Klain, the de facto president. (laughs) I mean, he could go to Biden, but Biden will forget it in 10 seconds. So really, who was that message for? Yeah, it is just these people are complete hypocrites and they are just whenever you if you're considering listening to these people and anything they say they they don't they don't want the responsibility they want to force you Mm -hmm. to have the responsibility they don't want to solve the problem because they want the people here because they want the growth of government but they want you to be forced to pay for it and accommodate it Mm -hmm. 200,000 migrant encounters a month more than 2.1 million so far this year let's get to Bill O'Reilly he was talking about Fame and what the elite Hollywood crowd do with it. He says there's a little bit of uh, dynamics going on, especially how it relates to Donald Trump and Joe Joe Biden, uh, that they possibly what bought into their own publicity. Yeah, he's got a new book out. It's called Killing Legends, and mm-hmm. I like I've not seen O'Reilly in a while. He 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 doesn't look like he's doing the best. Uh, I hope maybe that's just a misinterpretation on, on my part, but Bill O'Reilly say what you want about his purse, alleged personal, you know, behavior or whatever. The guy's a brilliant guy. He was a great entertainer and, and he's wrote this new book called killing the legends. It's like the 12th in a series of he's these got books. a lot of killing books. The guy's mm-hmm. made a lot of money off of the idea of killing the um, lethal danger of celebrity anyway, but he made a great point that I want to play for everybody about the need for fame and power and and how it has directly and irreparably harmed both Trump and Biden, which is so interesting. Take a listen. The two most famous people in the country today are President Biden and Donald Trump. And both of them have been crushed by their fame. And people don't even think about that. But Biden sold out every principle he ever had as a senator. Every single one sold it out so the progressive left would embrace him, support him for the White House. Trump is addicted to the spotlight. He has to be famous every hour on the hour, every second he has to be famous. And that just wears you out and wears out people around you. And so both of these men, I don't know if they know it, but fame has worked against them, has actually hurt them. And if you are a movie star, an athlete, and you get out there and are telling everybody about your private life or what you're doing here, what you're doing there, that is not going to end well. It's different now, isn't it? People used to hide stuff. I mean, nobody ever exposed JFK's lifestyle. It was all behind closed doors. It's different now. The safety's gone. It's all out there. And it's dangerous when you start believing your own publicity. Yes. You, it, with with the fame comes great responsibility or great – maybe responsibility is not even the word. but it's Pressure? Pr- maybe, pr- maybe pressure. But you also – and we've talked about this with Tom Brady and Giselle. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make money off people being interested in you and your life, then that not only includes the good, but it also includes the bad. Yeah. Okay, we've got uh, some extra voicemails we're going to get to, and also the guy who just throws out words and hopes that a (laughs) sentence (laughs) is formed. (laughs) We're going to talk about John Fetterman coming up from 93 WIBC. My answering machine. 
We're going to get to your voicemails in just a minute. 317-684-8444. That's the number. We have a couple still we'd like to uh, like to hear from. But first, uh, John Fetterman. So this guy, his entire campaign, he hasn't really been honest about a couple things. One is his health, and the other is his support for releasing convicted murderers back into the streets. And polling shows lots of different things. In the 538 poll, they're saying that he's favored to win 73 chances in 100. But then in a Suffolk University poll, it's not quite that big, whereas Oz has 40% of the vote and Fetterman has 46% of the vote. And I just... I can't imagine voting for Fetterman. I mean, this guy has to be able to go in to the Senate and speak and understand and argue and make a point. Yeah, but does he? Look at the people that represent us now. The leader of the Democrat Party, the most famous Democrat in America right now is Bernie Sanders. Do you? Do you have to understand what's going on? Like, There was a time where I'd say yes. Yeah. I agree. Chuck Grassley, let's go to the other side. Mm -hmm. Chuck Grassley is 88 years old. Yeah. He will be 94 years old when his term wraps up. Iowa senator. Mm -hmm. He's running for re-election. He's going to win by double digits. Look at some. Is he producing results for his constituents? He's been there since Reagan was elected. Mm -hmm. That's how long Chuck Grassley has been a United States senator. Mm -hmm. People are apathetic. They're uninformed. And they're so tribalized at this point. That it, I don't know if it matters what John Fetterman does, because you're right, Casey. That guy, first of all, he was a total zero and a lunatic before his stroke. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of those guys that was a basement dweller until he wormed his way into public office. I mean, he's basically Bernie Sanders all over again. He's a total leftist lunatic. And now, on top of that, he can't string three words together. Mm. And there are at least, I mean, we know there'll be 40% of the populace is going to vote for John Fetterman no matter what. Because, because he has some stupid, meaningless letter next to his name. Same way as 40% of the populace here is going to vote for Diego Morales, no matter what he does, because there's a stupid, meaningless letter next to his name. I have no idea why people think so little of themselves that they are willing to accept the John Fettermans and Diego Moraleses of the world. I have no idea why they say, well, because of the letter. So what? So what? Listen to the more gibberish from this guy. Mm-hmm. And, and you tell me if he's fit to be in the United States Senate. Thank you so very much what we have willing to do for this. Because without your support, we can't send me to D.C. to be the kind of partner that I know you all love as Bob Casey. Can we play that again? Because I just want to try to interpret what we heard there, okay? All right, you ready? <laughs> Thank you so very much what we have willing to do for this because without your support we can't send me to D.C. to be the kind of partner that I know you all love as Bob Casey. I have heard more coherent sentences and trust me Casey there was a time in my life in which I was around highly inebriated people every single weekend. 
Like, I saw stuff and people and things that I wasn't sure if they were still functioning as a human being. I wasn't sure if they had unalived themselves or not. And they were still forming more coherent sentences mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than what John Fetterman just did right there. And he wants to be a part of the what was used to be, or supposedly is, the greatest deliberative body in the entire world. He's just throwing words out at this point. Thank you for doing this. Partner. DC. <laughs> Rob Kendall. <laughs> Big red candle, barking dog. I mean, like, it's just random words, hoping that it all comes together in a complete thought. And he was asked about, should Biden run for president again? And this is fabulous. Listen to this response. Should uh, Joe Biden run again in 2024? I think that should be a decision made by Joe Biden. And and that's it's not a matter uh, anyone's choice other than his. And And I respect whatever choice he decides. Joe Biden. Who is that? It's just, but again, it comes back to, and this is the thing I struggle with. And you know, one of the great things about this show is I, I, we take things, long conversations that we've had with ourselves or by ourselves, in my case, for many years, and I get to throw it out into this very powerful ether based on these airwaves and help people try to help me understand things I've struggled with for years. And one of them is why we accept such horrific leadership from people in our society. Like, why do we treat, why do we have less interest or why do we accept less from our political candidates who make decisions that affect our lives every day than we do from the order filler at the Taco Bell drive-thru? Mm-hmm. And I, I just can't get an answer for that. And Apathy? I, I don't. I don't, but why are you more, I, I, that is the, yes, that's the answer, but why? Why are we apathetic, more apathetic to people who get to make decisions that affect everything we do than we are somebody filling our order at Arby's? Yeah. Notice uh, I didn't say Wendy's there. Yeah, I know. You're changing up your restaurant. That's great. Katie Hobbs is a woman who's running for governor in Arizona. It's a hotly contested race between her and Carrie Lake, and uh, she's been labeled the Kamala Harris of Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> She's currently their Secretary of State, and uh, she she doesn't want to debate. Boy, that sounds familiar. I know it? there's a theme here, right? A Secretary of State who doesn't want to debate. Mm-hmm. Boy. And she's also dodging the question of whether she would invite Biden to campaign with her. Let's take a listen. Do you identify yourself with the Biden economic administration, economic plans and inflation fighting plans? And if so, would you invite the president to campaign along your side in Arizona? Uh, I'm focused on the race here in Arizona and the needs of Arizonans. It's a race between myself and Carrie Lake and uh, and the, the ideas that we're bringing to the table. Okay, the needs of Arizonans. By the way, a third of the population in Arizona is of Latino descent. Uh And she was recently asked how that relationship is affecting her in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And she, her sister-in-law is teaching her Spanish. Oh, that's, uh, that's great. You're really getting right on that. (laughs) Right. Right. But, but but again, again, so again, the overarching theme is you have a person who is so disingenuous that and is so petrified to say the wrong thing that they won't answer a very straightforward question. 
will you invite Joe Biden to come campaign with you? He is the face of your party. He is the most powerful man in the world. And if the answer, because she doesn't want to give the answer, which is no, because I don't want him anywhere near me. And I think in a weird way, people would have so much more respect for someone if they said no, because Joe Biden does not represent me. I'm not happy with the job Joe Biden is doing. Mm -hmm. I am an independent voice for Arizona. That means there may be a D next to my name, but I represent everyone. And I am man, or in this case, woman enough to stand up and say when someone is failing and Joe Biden is failing America. I think you'd win a slew of votes. Could you imagine if the, if, she, if she stood up and, hey, do you want uh, Joe Biden to come here and campaign with you? She looked right into the camera and said, have you seen his polling results? No. <laughs> Why do I want that loser here with me? No, she's not going to say that, though. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's get to uh, these uh, last voicemails. Yes. Yeah, so the other day, yesterday, I talked about how I had the experience of being in a Tesla oh, over, right. the we- over the weekend. Yeah. And what a phenomenal car it was. And mm-hmm. I'm going to play this voicemail, not because this person is making valid points, but because it is another example of people who hear only what they want to hear and they don't listen to what we're saying. I believe, Casey, and I believe we've said this before, but I think we said it yesterday too, that we pointed out the Tesla does not go forever and you would have to stop if you were doing a large long trip and mm-hmm. charge it. In fact, we talked about how these, yeah. these people said you could get to, how Louis, far does it go? Basically to Louisville and, and back mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. how far they could go, and then they had to stop and charge again. We were very clear. We specifically said... I asked you what was the range, and we thought it was about 300 miles. And I said, if you're a person who, and we've said this many times, needs long-form travel, probably not the car for you. I think we also made it abundantly clear that it is a, 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 a car... That is a luxury car Mm -hmm. that if you were in line for a luxury car, this would be one I could see now why people would consider it. Not that regular people, not people like us, not people who are forced to drive golf carts like me because of your income, (laughs) your inability to afford it. And that if you are a person who did, did not regularly drive in the city it would probably not be a car for you. We were talking about how much the the woman who owned the Tesla said she had saved in gas. She is a city-based driver. We made all of these things clear, mm-hmm. and then that we get clown voicemails like this. So you were talking about the the cheapness of uh, uh, using a uh, like the Tesla or the electric cars, you know, <laughs> baloney. Uh, Wall Street Journal had a thing where they said, okay, let's try one of these silly things, and drove it to New Orleans from Chicago, figuring the costs, you know, for charging it and all the rest of that. Well, just the, the, the fuel costs, the electric costs for, you know, recharging it, number one, of course, it, there's no such thing as a, a quick charge. Uh, the fastest you can get them is like about two, two to three hours. Also, the thing does not charge on a quick charge. It's only about 80%. We just wasted our entire—and he goes on and on and on. And on. So just do a giant waste, even though—and this is just infuriates me. When we spell it out to people, which is if you are a long-term trip person, not for you. If you're a person who drives a lot outside the city, mm-hmm. not for you. Mm-hmm. We make that abundantly clear that there are issues in regards— to the charging, and we talk about the cost associated with that. And we talked about if you are a person in a, in a line for a luxury vehicle, maybe something you'd want to consider. If not, probably not for you. And people don't listen; they just hear whatever they want to hear, and they just tune it out. And we just—it's just a gigantic waste of time. Well, you know what? Though he did bring up a good point of something that 
I don't think we've really touched on a lot. Yes. Now, you mentioned uh, the cost of gas or recharging, but the time that it takes to charge the vehicle, the electric vehicle. Right. Time is money. You're well, sitting there for a couple hours charging your car. But you're not, again, but you're not because these people have the charger in their home, which is not very expensive yeah. to do. That's what I said. If you're a person who drives in the city and you can get 300 miles to a charge, one, you don't even have to charge the car, but a week, two weeks, mm -hmm. whatever that is. And when you do, you plug it in yeah. when you go to bed at night. Right. I'm not advocating that everybody go out and buy a Tesla. I'm not advocating everybody go out and buy an electric car. But it's just a people like that. Yeah, you did say not for long term, not long range Just, driving, but he mentioned New York to New Orleans, <laughs> or Chicago to New Orleans. You are going to have to stop and charge, and when you do charge, you're going to be sitting there. One other phone call, just so I can move it out of the queue. Go ahead, Kevin. <laughs> hey, Rob, I think you're probably wrong. There's going to be a lot of people voting for James Stenyak and uh, Jeff Moore. There are Republicans that are tired of the Todd Youngs in the world and uh, are going to vote Libertarians. Uh, again, oh. what? But okay, but when when have we said anything to the contrary? I've said there are a lot of undecided Republicans who will ultimately kneel at the altar of Republicanism because the fear of a Democrat is greater than doing the right thing and voting for the best person for the office. But again, when have we ever said people shouldn't or what? Like people get mad at me. I can't win, Casey. <laughs> Literally, this show is how much Republicans suck it up. People should vote for libertarians half the time. And then I get that phone call. What? What am I doing hey, here? today's the last day to register to vote, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, that's right, October 11th. Yeah. We're running that thing telling people to vote. Yeah, today's the day. So if you, if you want to get in on this conversation and engage, make sure you're registered. It's the what? limit today. Why would you have a show on and not listen to it? Like, what? <laughs> what are... What are Let's go to a break. Okay. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning, 1152. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And Justin Bieber has canceled his remaining world tour dates as he continues to make health a priority. So he canceled 12 dates back in October from the tour. Uh, the rest were supposed to resume. However, they have been officially postponed till next year. Some outlets are reporting that Justin Bieber is retiring. He was diagnosed with Ramsey Hunt syndrome and experiencing full paralysis on the right side of his face as a result of the virus. The guy is 28 years old and a multi-billionaire. His net worth is $285 million. So he really doesn't need to tour why? if he doesn't want to. But, but, but why? Like what a lot of these teeny boppers, mm -hmm. you know, these teeny artists or whatever they're called, you know, they have a couple hits and they're big. And then by the time they're 25, like they're forgotten about it. Has he had some mega hits over the past seven or eight years that I'm not aware? Like, why is he still? Are you going to say it? Why no, is he a I'm thing? I'm trying to come up with another way to say it because I know that'll make somebody mad. Like, I don't, I don't, like what? What have I missed? Didn't he have like a couple hits and then? Uh, Kevin, I think this would be an appropriate time to introduce Rob to Justin Bieber. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Nope. What do you mean? This one? Okay, I've heard this one. Okay. What do you mean? It's all the same to auto-tune stupid lyrics. Like what? It's the same song. 
This was one of its first big ones. Yeah, this was big when I was in high school. Right, but how long ago was that? That was 10 that years was, ago. Yeah, that was 10 years ago. Okay, we've got one more to see if you recognize it. Cause if you like the way you look that Nothing. Okay, I've heard this song. Okay, but, so but, 50%. You knew 50%. No, I, I don't... I, but, but they're all the same... Like yeah. auto tune, every song sounds exactly the same. It's the same auto tune, stupid like. Well, you, know, you don't have to go to one of his shows. No, just but I'm asking you, like, what are people buying when they go? They like uh, does he auto tune on stage? Yeah, poppy songs made Thank a lot you. of 15 year old girls happy. Thank you for this. I think this is more up your alley. Let's just go out with something good. Thank you. You know, young people, they need inspiration too, Rob. Yeah, and Warren Zevon will give it to them. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Rob. Good job, Kevin. And thank you for listening today. And we're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You heard him howling around your kitchen door.